People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Welcome back to another edition of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I'm Joe, one of your co-hosts here with Matt. Matt, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, everybody? We're back for episode 122. As always, we have wrestling on in the background, and you know what? I'm going to use that term loosely today <laughs> as we record episode 122. Uh, we have the, what is this, August... August 30th edition of Monday Night Raw. Monday Night as we see Dewdrop enter the ring. Um, Can we call her Piper Nevin? Yes, please. Right. Please Nevin. and thank you. Piper <laughs> Nevin. Fuck this Dewdrop shit. Against Ava Marie, which I am completely against. Um, I Don't get me wrong. It's it's not that she's... She's not bad looking. You know, sure. She's not my cup of tea. I think she wears like 15 pounds of makeup. Yeah. But more importantly... She can't wrestle for shit. She can't even sports entertain for shit. And that's my biggest problem here. Did we just see a squash match? I don't think the match ever started. D didn't the ref count, though? No, he refused oh, to count. Oh, he refused to yeah. count. There's always some bullshit in these fucking matches. Yeah. Bit of a bigger question, and it's probably one that's probably going to be really hard to, or impossible to answer. Um, let's say in an alternative universe, you are given the uh, job, and you must do it, uh, the head of WWE, you oh can change three things with the company. It could either be business-wise or direction-wise or production-wise. Three things only to. Uh, I would have to really. Prospect. I would have to. I would have to really think about that one. But I mean, I mean, number one would be to. Um, um, so number one would be to allow the guys on television to speak their own words. That would be really high on the list. None of this corporate bullshit. Um, you know, and none of this like memorizing interviews. Okay. So as far as presentation and in the real world, I would try to uh, do what a real world company would do um, as opposed to WWE, which is, they're just different. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, like um, it's, you know, like, I guess, I guess be more honest across the board because it's like before wrestling companies were always dishonest because it was built on a lie. Right. You know, the whole thing is like, you're pretending that this stuff that's not real is real. I mean, now there's no lie to build on because everyone knows. And, you know, I just feel that like, you know, again, like just, just things like, you know, not, you know, not false advertising talent or, you know, just being a little bit, I'm not saying give away your, your trade secrets or tell people this is what we've got planned next. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that either, but, being, I guess, fair to the audience, I would say. And, um, and, you know, again, um, not worrying so much about the stock price and, um, you know, like, yeah, not, not worrying so much about the stock price. I mean, in, in, in business, I think that when you run a business, you're taught sort of to do that nowadays because you're a public company, but I think that there's still, um, I, I don't know. I would, I would try to be a more moral company. I mean, like in the middle of a pandemic, firing all those people. I mean, it's just like, you know, if you had no use for them, you know, then, then wait eight months. It's not like the company, like if, if it was a matter of the company's survival, I could certainly understand it. But when it's not a matter of company survival, 
having that little regard for your employees to me, you know, I would have more regard for my employees way more for sure. All right. Like you said, <laughs> loosely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's on the big screen. And then on the Russell Tron over there, we have Bloodstorm Pro. Welcome to hell. And if I'm not mistaken, we're watching this on IWTV, by the way. If I'm not mistaken, you said this was their first show, correct? Correct. It shows. There's probably... 20 people. 20 people tops. <laughs> and, and you know, Matt, Matt brought up a good point, and I'm, I'm going to say it because it, it is relevant here in the situation. You have to start somewhere. And let me tell you, this is... This is a lot of starting somewhere. <laughs> that first match, there was a couple spots. Um, I don't know most of the wrestlers' names. I know one of them was King Ugly. Uh, and then Otis Otis Kogar. Otis Kogar, yes. Um, but uh, good Lord, the, the few spots that I witnessed as I was trying to pay attention, fucking forget about it. They, they need a lot a lot of help. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking up one of the participants, the, the female, Kennedy Copeland. Okay. Apparently she's a six-year pro, which does not show. No, she looks like she's been in there for two days. And her signature move, according to our good friends at cagematch.net, is a Fujiwara armbar. Would you, would you buy that? Would you buy that at all? Well, let me ask you this. So if that's her finishing move, right, yeah. or that's her her signature move, uh-huh. why the fuck was she running around the ring trying to do moves she didn't know how to moves do? Moves she didn't know how to do. <laughs> there was nothing technical about her approach at all. You know who does a Fujiwara armbar? Diana Perrazzo. Absolutely. You know who should do a Fujiwara armbar? Not Kennedy Copeland. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Six years apparently was not long enough for you. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Um, And they're based out of New Jersey, correct? They're based out of New Jersey. This is currently the H2O uh, Wrestling Center. H2O, of course, uh, Hardcore Hustle Organization, based out of there in Williamstown, uh, New Jersey. Famous for companies like CZW uh and uh i'm drawing a blank so i'll say czw again (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah they're they're based out out there and um yeah it's it this is kind of a rough rough show i mean you got brandon kirk and sean henderson sean henderson is pretty well known on the indie scene he's a little guy but um other than that man like i'm looking at this card hollow wicked's on the card War horses on the cars in the main event. But... War horses everywhere all the time. That's no surprise. <laughs> yeah. If wrestling is art, you should be able to do whatever you want with the canvas. As long as it's the last match of the night and you're not nuking everyone else after you, uh, I think it's a cool thing to do to throw them on the boards. Did you see the where you got the turnbuckle spike? Lord. That Lord. is nasty. I, I'm sorry for sending it to you. I, yeah, I'm sorry you did too. <laughs> I, I warned you though. I said you did warn it's me. It's gross. It's gross. But and so you don't see it happen. But I thought that was an incredibly irresponsible thing for the other guy to do. Um, I know they probably talked about it beforehand. Oh, I'm gonna put this thing in your mouth. I'm gonna throw you outside, and you're just gonna sell it. You know, like I, I fish hooked you. Um, 
but boy, do you not are like put it in his mouth, but don't hook his cheek in real life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you, it, it, there's so little that you could do to protect yourself from that besides taking it out entirely. I personally feel like it was more of an accident than a reckless act, but either way, Warhorse got his lip split open from that spot. I believe it was from the tension that the other three ring posts gave to the turnbuckle spike, which made it snap out of his mouth. But, uh, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know how much we need more indie wrestling shows, but, you know, it's something to watch, I guess. Certainly better than this shit right here. Karrion Cross <laughs> wearing fucking... It, it's like he's uh, trying to do uh, like a new age demolition gear right there. You know what? Before he took off the mask, I thought we were looking at uh, like a an alternate Shao Kahn. <laughs> like what the fuck? So I brought up I brought up demolition. One of the things. So we're recording this during All Out weekend. Um. Obviously, by the time you listen to this, all that would have already taken place. But uh, one of the one of the things that's happening is a lot of uh, the piggyback shows. Sure, yeah. A lot of independent wrestling, and one of the one of the matches. I don't know the exact match, but Barbarian and Warlord. Oh, that's right. They're, they're uh, doing a match together. I want to say that's for Black Label Pro. Is it Black Label Pro? Yeah. Okay, well, kudos to them for getting that match. Yeah, I believe it's... Shouts out to Black Label Pro, based out of Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Love love their love the program. Absolutely, they do, But a uh, lot of interesting stuff. A lot of great wrestling action that's happening that first week of September. So even though it's now past tense, uh, there's some really interesting stuff, including... Uh, I don't remember his faction, but Nick Gage's faction. Oh, MDK. MDK, yeah. I'm sorry. MDK versus the 440 in a fucking War Games match. Six on six, you said, Six right? on six, man. That is something that uh, by the time you guys listen to this, I would have already have watched. Uh, I Definitely something that uh, I, I want to talk about through our Patreon. Uh, if you haven't already, please... Please uh, check us out over on Patreon. We're, we're a new channel there. Definitely love to uh, to get more of you guys and a uh, lot of lot of exclusive content. And I want to talk that weekend particularly again. That's be exclusively through Patreon. So if you haven't subscribed, please do. And if you have already subscribed, thank you so much for all this continued support. But uh, as far as this indie show. Well, it happened, so <laughs> it's past tense. We'll see where they go from here, though. Uh, the business changed, so to speak, from what what Jim had grown up loving. Uh, he didn't he didn't like that change, and he'll tell you he didn't like that change. He, you know, he's a very stubborn individual, and and he doesn't think that the wrestling is as good now as it was, and he just. Um, uh, he was never one to hide his thoughts, and so he would let it be known at every opportunity that he got to anybody that would listen that he didn't like the current state of wrestling. And and I think he was sort of his own worst enemy there in the WWF. That you know, people just kind of got tired of hearing Jim knock the business, and so uh, they found something else for him to do, where he wouldn't be around them all the time, where they wouldn't have to listen to that. But you know, now he's now he's uh, got the developmental territory there in Louisville. And he's, I think he really enjoys it because he's getting to 
uh, I, I still think that everybody that comes into this business needs a fundamental basic background of the way the business sort of used to be and then that will help them um, you know uh, have that knowledge uh, as they go into the way the business is today and so Jim has the opportunity now to to impart that that kind of old-time wisdom to the to the new guys that are coming into the WWF you, you spoke about Diana Perrazzo real quick yes um, she ended up being on the 73rd anniversary show for NWA took out uh, Mickey James with uh, got style pile driver, uh, which was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I've saw bits and pieces of the show. I haven't had the opportunity to sit down and watch the show in its entirety uh, as of this recording, but I plan to. And um, this whole forbidden door thing, I think the longer I think the longer the term gets thrown around, the easier it is to bash and. I'm still not 100% on the way they're doing things, but it seems like out of nowhere you'll get these weird cross meetings between people and you're just like, okay, that worked. Mm-hmm. For me, this was one of them. I think Deanna Perrazzo, um, she's that caliber of champion where unfortunately, because uh, in my opinion, she has become like the big fish in a small pond over there in Impact. She's gonna be going different places, whether whether they want her to or not. I think that's why she took home that uh, title at Triple Mania as well. Mm-hmm. To see her in the NWA and be a part of that um, that big rush of women's talent that's uh, starting to spark off over there. Um, it it's uh, it's looking like she's gonna be the champ very soon there or if not definitely one of the top contenders and and hopefully she makes more appearances for nwa um your take man where else does she go besides nwa do do we get to see her in the ring of honor i know ring of honor was talking about um open opening their organization up to the forbidden door soon possibly let me know what you think man diana prazo Diana Prazo, anywhere she goes, she's going to be a, an increasingly big upgrade to anybody's talent roster. Ring of Honor does have a lot of good young female talent that at Death Before Dishonor, which is the September pay-per-view for Ring of Honor, we're actually going to crown uh, a new women's champion. Uh, it's not gonna be. It's they have a new title. It's called something different, but it's a women's title. A lot of good talent that uh, you'll see on the indie scene. A lot of good talent that's been in Ring of Honor for a while. Definitely a place I could see her go and uh, and really help up their game. And for a company like Ring of Honor, I think you need somebody like Diana Perazzo. I think you need that that woman or just man, woman, whatever that has that buzz to them because they Ring of Honor has a lot of talent. There's no doubt about that. They're they're almost limitless on talent, but they're it's like they had they're back behind that glass ceiling again, and so that forbidden door. I don't want to go too much in forbidden door right now, but 
that bringing in a forbidden door is just enough to where you shatter that again and say, oh my God, Ring of Honor still has it. Deanna Perrazzo in that women's division, whether she's a visitor or she becomes a little more stable part of that that roster, doesn't matter. She brings that much more integrity to that because somebody like Deanna Perrazzo, if you pay attention, if you actually watch wrestling for the wrestling, you watch her, you watch her work, and there's not many people in any gender that control matches the way that she does. She's she's very meticulous to what she does in that ring. She picks her spots perfectly, and above all that, which kind of gets lost in the shuffle a lot. She works almost perfectly with the opposition. I whether whether that's because she's well liked or doesn't or not doesn't really matter. She has that respect, and, and I don't want to. I always I always hate saying this name as a comparison because he's such a big name, but very Ric Flair like in that sense of you can put her in the ring with anybody, and you're gonna have a great match. And so where does she go? I hope she goes wherever her fucking like schedule lets her go and wherever realistically we can go as far as you know the current situation in the world's going um do we see her go to japan oh see that's the thing do we see do we is it feasible (laughs) because that's the first place i mean we we know we see her in mexico she's she's gonna go back to mexico she is the the reign of the reign champion there we know that we she's already gone back. She's had, she's had other matches uh, at at AAA events, and we know that Japan has a big women's wrestling following in World Wonder Ring Stardom, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, for example. Do you see her go somewhere like that? I would love to see that. And you know what? I love to see her go there and do exactly what she's doing here. We talked about that. And a Patreon episode. And I'll talk about it here a little bit now. Does she become the next belt collector? I don't think she needs to be. But why the fuck not? Yeah, she's definitely got the legitimacy behind her. And everywhere she goes... Like... I don't want to... So I don't want to sit there and say... You know, Big Fish and Little Pond. Because to me... That's true. What you said was exactly true. Well, I mean, specifically for Impact. Yeah. I'm not saying anywhere else, per se. Right. And it's just, I think I think Impact needs to step up their game with that female roster. I think that's what that comes down to. But because of that, yeah, you, you still see her in Impact. But the fact that we have this, this open invitation for her to go anywhere, I, I mean, the Deanna Perrazzo that I used to watch... It's like doesn't exist anymore because she was always this blue chipper to me that's got it but doesn't quite there yet. Like this is prime Diana Perrazzo now, and anybody would be crazy to not let her into to the ring. Um, does she go to Japan if the governments allow it? I, I don't. I definitely see that as a possibility. And I think she goes there, and I think she does the exact same thing she's doing out here, and I think she dominates. I just don't know many many female talent that is doing is at her level right now, and that's 
That's including Camille in NWA. That's including anybody on that Ring of Honor roster. We've already established the Impact Wrestling. I, yeah, I, I, I think she goes anywhere she, she damn well pleases. And I think she dominates. Deanna Perrazzo, man. That got style pile driver she put on Mickey James, it was like perfectly executed. And I, and I bring that up in specific because, one, it's not the easiest move to do. And two, she did it very convincingly and she didn't fuck it up. Like, it was it was beautiful the way she did it because when she picked her up, you know, because neither one of them is tall, per se, but... She picked her up, she, you know, she hooked the leg, and when she pulled her back, she didn't leave her up for a long time. She just immediately yanked down, mm-hmm. which made it look all the more devastating, you know? And and Mickey sold it really well, but holy shit, like, I'm not saying that that has to be her new finishing move, but damn, I, I wouldn't be uh, opposed to that either, so. Definitely should see that again. Absolutely. Uh, you could do that uh, through our spite, uh, uh, spite, <laughs> You can do that through our Fight TV sponsorship. Just head over to 20x20crew.com, look at our sponsors page, and look for Fight. One more thing uh, real quick about the uh, uh, Forbidden Door that I want to bring up. Uh, Samoa Joe recently did a podcast interview with SoCatch, and they were talking about uh, just the Forbidden Door and like what he thought about it. And he... He brought up, this is what he was quoted as saying. He says, I work for a company. If I play for a major football club anywhere in the world, you wouldn't like me out on the weekend to play for the rival team. Messi isn't doing day shifts over at Manchester United. That's what he, he, that's his take on the forbidden door. And he said it wouldn't be a good outcome anyways, but anybody who wants to wrestle him knows where he's at. And hey, Let's do this. What do you think of Joe's comments there? Do you agree with him? Do you disagree? What can be said about his take on the Forbidden Door? Well, for one, um, Samoa Joe clearly doesn't watch soccer because that made no sense. (laughs) Um, Because uh, (laughs) if Samoa Joe did watch soccer, he would know that soccer is actually the perfect example to why the Forbidden Door works. You see, yes... Lionel Messi is not playing day shifts at Manchester United, but however, Lionel Messi, who now plays for uh, Paris, uh, I don't know, Paris, one of the Paris teams. Yeah, he plays in the French league now. You know, you have a French league, you have English Premier League, you have you know, Spain has their own major league. We have our own major league MLS, and just like everywhere else like that you stick to your league right well in soccer it doesn't work that way soccer is a year-round sport and those french guys play those english guys in different tournaments you know they have the the uefa euro championship the europa league and then plus you have your international tournaments so that forbidden door kind of happens all the time yeah so Know your facts before you no, start spewing and, shit. and that's why I brought it up. <laughs> um, I hear what he's saying, but it very much sounds like a company guy saying company shit. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's afraid of getting fired again. I don't fucking know at this point. But <laughs> I, but I, no. But he's entitled to his opinion, of course. I, I disagree with this strongly. 
I think we've seen too many times that it clearly can work. I mean, shit, we have a Super Bowl that was created because two companies did a forbidden door and played against each other every single year until they said, let's join together in a league. There's other examples of that. I'll, I'll spare the details, but no, this this clearly can work. It, it's it's very difficult, and we've seen that. We've seen we've seen the good side of the forbidden door. We've seen the bad side of the forbidden door. If you go back, and and any old school territory fan will tell you, if you go back to to the to the eighties and seventies, you had issues where individual or individual companies agendas got in the way of progress that's gonna happen there's the human being element that makes it difficult but when you get it to work and everybody gets on board and everybody can agree on something my god you have this pandora's box that's opened up and just like just like in the greek stories the the greek mythology of pandora's box there was a lot of evil that came out of that box and there's a lot of evil that's coming out of this Pandora's box or excuse me about this forbidden door but at the end of that box there was hope and that hope is very equivalent to what's happening in pro wrestling right now that hope is that we shatter down these walls we tear them down and we allow wrestlers to be just professional wrestlers again not trapped behind the doors of whatever contract that they sign. And then these matches that we as fans, both the outsiders like myself and Joe, or fans that are actually in the business that would just love to see, now you can. Even if it's just one night only. Even if you took somebody, you know, you took somebody like a... I, I don't want to keep saying them, but I'll, we'll just use Kenny Omega and say, hey, one one night only, Kenny Omega is going to compete is going to compete again in a Ring of Honor ring against Jonathan Gresham. I've never seen that match before. You tell me if you don't have an opportunity to see that Samojo, you wouldn't want to see that. If everybody can get their shit together and come up with something, come up with a conclusion that works for everybody. And let those guys go out there and have a wrestling match. You wouldn't want to see that. I I don't think Joe would be upset by watching that match. I just don't. I hear what he's saying, but he also works for a company that will tell you that they're the only wrestling company that exists, even though they don't like to use the word wrestling. They're the only company that should exist. Everybody else wants to be them, and they have that ego. And maybe Joe's has that has that ego too, where now I work for this company. You want to wrestle the best, you come to the best place, and you come wrestle me. But that's not the case anymore, and 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 I think he understands that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand his comments because they were a little surprising when I originally read them. But to each his own. I mean, in my opinion, he's missing out. We just as we were watching, we saw the 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 the, the new updated if you want to call it updates an update a logo for NXT and and, and it looks like somebody fucking graffitied NXT on a fucking on the screen uh, apparently it was done by a 7 year old child well that explains <laughs> that that explains a lot i mean that 7 year old child will probably book the show better than what is being booked there so 
Uh, speaking of ego and towing the company line, so we're watching. Uh, I'm sorry. What what edition did you say? August thirtieth. August thirtieth edition of Monday Night Raw. Uh, Charlotte Flair is walking to the ring. It's going to be a singles match against Nia Jax. If you haven't watched this match yet, uh, there's a bit of a, a small instance of a shoot going on in the match. Uh, Matt and I are about to watch it for the first time. Um, so this ought to be pretty damn interesting. Uh, but my question to you is now, so obviously you and I are literally about to watch what happens. But here's what I'm going to ask you. So this shit's about to happen. Yeah. After it happens... The the big question now is who's got the bigger pull in the company? Is it Ric Flair's daughter or The Rock's cousin? I'm gonna say this again. <laughs> if you're an Anawai, you you're, can literally you can literally get away with murder. Get a little, okay, is, is there any hope for Ric Flair's daughter? <laughs> in in this situation, <laughs> I mean, remember Ric Flair just got fired from the company. Um... Well, she was also getting flack for taking time away from the show so she could go see her fiancé, Russell, yeah. in Mexico. You, we say all that, though, and yet who wins the title yeah, at she's the title? Got a, I was going to say, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> she's got a title. So who's got the bigger pull? I would still say the Anna Y. Yeah? I, I, I still do. Nia Jax is somebody that shouldn't be allowed to fucking sell peanuts at a wrestling show, <laughs> let alone be in a wrestling ring. Uh, no disrespect to anybody that sells peanuts for a living. But um, she just she should not fucking be in a ring ever. The fact that she is, she, she only only works in this company because Anawise have gotten away with so much shit throughout the tenure of this of, of, of this company's existence. I mean we've seen it way before the Andrade, Charlotte Flair, you know, being together. Nia Jax, when Charlotte Flair was in the best of graces with WWE, Nia Jax had almost killed, I shouldn't say that, but injured, severely injured her in a ring twice in the twice, same match. Yeah, twice in the same match. And nothing happened. So, I, I don't, I again, nothing. Nia Jax is one of those people that can do she can she she can't do any wrong in that company's eyes, except for win a title. Except for win a title. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like it's like the Usos, man. Like how many how many times how many DUIs are they going to get before they stop giving them belts? Well, to be fair, it was only one of those guys, not both. But yes, I get what you're saying. Uh, and and they just signed another one, uh, Joseph Fatu. Which is, uh, I think it's Rikishi's. I think it's Rikishi's son, if I'm not mistaken. So they're 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 the brothers of yeah. the other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's now uh, officially a part of the performance center. So you and I got to watch SummerSlam together, and I don't know about you and Mister Wrestling Six, but I know SummerSlam watched a little bit of me <laughs> as I fell asleep. What twice? Yeah, that was towards the end, but okay. it, uh, yeah, um, it was a hell of a long show. It was like what four and a half hours. Yeah, it was it, back, it, back to being live wrestling. It felt yeah. like fourteen days. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was it, it was a boring show. It, it right, part. it yeah. felt like a boring show. 
we got to see the return of one Becky Lynch, which was kind of cool, but also not very cool. She comes back um, in a very awkward exchange, by the way, and that's something I didn't have the opportunity to ask you that night, but the gist of it was the match was supposed to be Nikki Ash versus Sasha Bank. Or no, I'm sorry. I take that back. Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair taking on Sasha Banks for the championship. Mm-hmm. And in a roundabout way, Sasha doesn't show. Carmella comes into the ring to apparently take her place, but then that gets nixed because Becky Lynch comes to the ring. And it is just decided then and there that she's going to challenge for the title. Nothing was said. Nothing was officially made. It just happened. And then they award, you know, it, it became a squash match. And she gets awarded the title. She's now yeah. champ. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's plenty of things wrong with this. But I wanted uh, your opinion as to how it went down. What you thought about that. Um, and then going forward... What the hell are we looking at? If you've got... You take all this time to build up Bianca Belair and have that awesome fucking WrestleMania moment with her and Sasha Banks for it to be belittled at the very least. Very good word for that, too. um, At SummerSlam months later. What gives, dude? What gives? I need to make this point very clear. So everybody, by this point, if you don't know, WWE knew that Sasha Banks was not going to make SummerSlam about nine days out from the event. So that gave them about, they gave them at least one episode of SmackDown okay. to prepare for, prepare the fans for everything that was about to come down. Becky Lynch was going to be at the show regardless. Vince McMahon took it upon himself to say this would be a good opportunity spot to put you in. Believe it or not, I don't disagree with that booking 100%. Okay. Um, I, I I think Banks versus Belair, that was, that was one of the things that people wanted to see. For whatever reason, Belair couldn't make, his, make the show. Um, I believe it was a health reason. I, I didn't specify. They didn't specify if it was COVID related or not. Banks is out. You knew it as as a company. You knew it. Fine. What do you do? What do you do now? Because Bel Air is the hottest thing in, in, in women's wrestling as far as WWE is concerned. What do you do to put her in a match? That could be a showstopper for SummerSlam, which, by the way, if anybody forgot, it's only the number two WWE show of the year, only behind WrestleMania. Okay, so Carmella is that an answer? Of course not. Carmella is not an answer for fucking Sunday Night Heat. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we took a brief pause in the middle of recording. We were watching the spot from August thirtieth episode of Raw between Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax, and this is what my partner was kind of talking about. Uh, you talk about unprofessionalism there by Nia Jax, from what I saw. Uh, whatever the exchange was, whatever the the. If I'm not mistaken, she pulled. She kept pulling Charlotte Flair's hair, mm-hmm. 
and that led to Charlotte Flair smacking Nia Jax a couple times, to which Nia Jax replied, don't. And then she proceeded to stiff slap her, slap Flair four or five times in a row. And then she went to pick up Flair for a Samoan drop, and Charlotte Flair said, fuck that, I'm not going for that. And she, <laughs> she, she pretty much, um, Tried to shoot on her. Look, Jax just, oh, it must have got an adrenaline dump there. Just, oh, oh look at oh, this. This is getting oh, yeah. ugly. No effect. No effect whatsoever. Charlotte Flair does not have an answer for Nia. Nia's going to mow the queen. It is not pretty. These are two ladies who absolutely cannot stand each other. This is no longer about title opportunities. It's no longer about advancement. It's about winning a fight. Oh, 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 whoa. Jax trying I don't to know what Charlotte up. was thinking, but you don't want to jump into the grasp of Nia Jax. Desperation time for the queen to somehow get out of this position. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, Charlotte might get her shoulder broken here. Nia. A lot of pressure on oh, him right now. Oh, cover. Would have been. So yeah. yeah, that was that was fucked up. That was bad. That was bad. And, and and you know what too? Like, this is not making for good TV. Somebody in Gorilla needs to fucking tell the referee like we gotta stop this shit now. Cause this is this is looking pretty bad for all the wrong reasons too. Guys or wrestlers going stiff isn't always a bad thing. No, right. <laughs> I mean, if that was, we wouldn't have Japanese wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, this is just, this is, looks, looks terrible. Uh, going back to SummerSlam here. So they knew, what do you do for Becky, or for, for Bianca Belair? You give her Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is returning. You're going to get a big pop. She got a big yeah, pop. Yeah, no, I get all that. I love all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's half right, but then you do... Then you do a slop finish of a 10-second match, right? I'm sorry, I can't get over this, this fucking Nia Jack shit here. Um, <laughs> she won the match. So you you put you put Becky Lynch in the match. She does she does a what was it, like a punch? Was it a punch and then like a like a Yuranagi type move? Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was it. And 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 Bianca Belair's over. And that rain that Joe talked about that that came started from WrestleMania. Came all the way to to SummerSlam. The the buzz that she has, you know, I I, th- I go back and I think of Kofi Kingston, that brilliant WrestleMania match she had with Daniel Bryan, and then it goes all the way to the premiere of SmackDown on Fox, and he loses in in you know ten seconds to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, different situations, but same results. I don't know what it is with this with with that decision making. But again, you look at it and you and you say it's like it's it's like building this extravagant Lego masterpiece, and then saying, you know what? Now let's just throw it against the wall. Not even like a big boom effect like you see on Lego Masters or whatever that show's called. That's show a called. great show, dude. <laughs> but just throw it against the wall because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did here, and they're. And I don't want to jump too much into, into the after effect right now, but their big solution on paper, which as of this recording hasn't technically happened yet, oh, we're just going to turn Becky Lynch heel. 
that's not good enough. What about the fact that you're in front of 50,000 plus people? You promised them Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. You knew before that show ever happened that they were not going to get Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. And what did you do? Up until the very fucking match, you advertise Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, which makes no fucking sense because they were not going to get Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. And so Bianca Belair is out there. You bring in Carmella. Nobody wants to fucking see that match. Becky Lynch comes out to the fucking huge-ass pop. And you're telling me you couldn't even give me at least five fucking minutes? At least five minutes of something. You couldn't even give Bianca Belair offensive moves? I mean, what did, what did they tell Be- Becky Lynch that she was wrestling that night? At this point, don't even do a fucking match. Yeah, they would have been better off. I would have respected them more. And this is, this is going to sound stupid. But I would have respected them more if they would have done some fucking finger poke shit. Geez, how can I make this right? I'll wrestle Bill again. Bill gets arrested because of something he does with Elizabeth. I know you're behind it, Hogan. This whole big crowd in the, in the Georgia Dome thinks you're going to see this this battle. I'm going to beat Hogan's ass, and I lay down. People got pissed, are pissed, are still pissed about that because it worked. It worked because they're pissed. They're fucking pissed. It's like, fuck, you got me, and I hate you for it. Wasn't because what what they wanted to see the Nash Hogan battle? Oh god, that would have been a that would have been a barn burner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean don't even don't even make wow. don't make Bianca Belair look that weak that one year Nagi is gonna put her away. This, this champ who's been so dominant, she's done everything that you've asked her to do, and she's brought so much joy and inspiration to a lot of different people especially women especially women of color and the things that she gets is a uranagi and her title reigns over fuck you man fuck you whoever was whoever's on board for that can go can literally go fuck themselves that is so disrespectful to everything that that woman has done and it's not even a a jab at becky lynch i i don't know what her what her role besides performing the match if you even want to call it that but i would take i would take a fucking 8 hour boring ass SummerSlam if they changed that fucking match if they promised that they would give that they wouldn't make Bianca Belair look that fucking weak because that was actually worse than fucking Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar and i didn't think they could get fucking worse than that well they proved you wrong <laughs> cuz that was that was very very bad i'm i'm still trying to wrap my head around it because here you you know even if you live under a rock you know Becky Lynch is over as over can be. Yeah. Regardless of her being gone this whole time, right? Immediately she comes in the the arena that huge pop happens, so you know, you now know 1,000% for sure that she's over, right? She gets to the ring, that goes on. If you're, if you're booking this shit and you already know she's over, the fans add to that. What purpose, what purpose does it serve for her to squash somebody like i'm trying to figure out why that needed to happen if you're over and she already didn't have the belt 
what difference does it make that she has the belt? And why did it have to happen there? You know, like, the payoff is already there. Becky Lynch came back. That's the payoff. Whatever happens is after that is a plus. So why not why not pay that forward and move it on to the next night on Raw or SmackDown or, or whatever your next program is going to be that you want to feature Becky Lynch and just have her come out and either wrestle or cut a promo or whatever that night as opposed to her doing all this shit all in one night. Like, I'm just, I'm really trying to figure out that bad booking. I really am. Here's what I would do in that situation. You you know, you know Bianca Bell, or excuse me, you know Sasha Banks is not making the show. Again, we established that. She's out. You knew that. You knew that the night before SummerSlam that, you know, that, 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 that Sasha Banks wasn't there. You still advertise that match. Here's what I do. Bianca Belair, you be honest right away and you change it up. That Sasha Banks isn't going to be at the show. You Figure it out. You don't even have to mention Sasha Banks' name. There's a change. And at tonight, special SummerSlam, Bianca Belair is going to issue an open challenge to anybody in... in and the roster to, to, to have a match. You don't want you don't want Bianca Belair to beat Becky Lynch right now. Let's say that's not an option. So you call, even if it's a one night only thing, you call somebody, anybody, NXT, maybe Io Shirai, a Tony Storm. You know, there's a there's a number of women on this on on this NXT SmackDown Raw roster, whatever that you could have you could have called. For this match, they go out there, they have a good match. Whether it's a showstopper or not, you make your champion look good. She wins, she retains, and then Becky Lynch comes out. She gets that big pop, and then whether whether there's a verbal exchange or not, she makes her presence known, says, hey, I'm next, I'm back. You and I, we're gonna do this thing. But you don't do it that night. You establish she's back, you establish your champion as legit, and then you go on to to the next match. You you did everything you needed to do. That's for me. That's what I would have done. I I don't necessarily need to see Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. I think you lead up to that. I think you you do a program that leads up to them and then culminates in pay per view. This was all about Sasha versus Bianca. Unfortunately, it couldn't happen. That's fine. I'm not mad about that. I'm disappointed it didn't happen, but that's that's because I want to see that, that match was so good the first time. I want to see what they could have done the second time. Whatever the situation is, I hope Sasha Banks is you know going to come back and sooner or later. But you know that's not that's not the point. The point is you don't at SummerSlam, the biggest show of the year, with the exception of WrestleMania, you don't take somebody who's put in as much fucking who who you as a company and her as an individual put so much time and effort into and then squash them like a bug just to make somebody who doesn't need to be over to get over to put them over it, it, it's it makes no sense she's already there yeah she's already there why <laughs> but, but now Bianca Belair loses a lot I, I got I gotta find us a sponsor for fucking high blood pressure. (laughs) 
All right, after watching that that spot between Flair and uh, Nia Jax, yeah. what do you think, man? Where, where do we go from here between these two? I mean, obviously Nia Jax won the match. Do they, I mean, are, are we... Are we going to see more of this, or is this one of those like, hey, this, you know, this was a partial shoot in the match, and I don't want to work with her anymore? Does something like that go on? What's your take on that? I would love to have been a fly on a wall and uh, listen to see what what Gorilla was like when uh, when all that was going down. <laughs> For me, usually, and I, and I can't stress that enough. Usually, I would say, fucking let them let them do it again. Uh, you that usually leads to some uh, pretty interesting, um, you know, pretty pretty interesting matches. Again, working stiff isn't always a bad thing, as we as we mentioned earlier. In the case of Nia Jax and and, and Charlotte Flair, uh, ladies and gentlemen, watch this again. We used the Joe said it earlier. Uh, wrestling was that term. Wrestling was going to be used uh, loosely. loosely. So. <laughs> As we saw John Morrison do one of his signature flips and completely slips. and, Anyways. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. When you see somebody like Nia Jax doing what she did, you got to roll your eyes and you got to say, that's Nia Jax being Nia Jax. She's not the first time she's gotten stiff on somebody. She likes to throw her weight around. That's not a that's not fat shaming, ladies and gentlemen. She just likes to throw her weight around. Yeah, legitimately. Yeah, yeah. and it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing because you have somebody who is as talentless as Nia Jax. The least she can do is help get talent over, and she doesn't do that. I'm glad you're saying what you're saying because here we have almost in the ring. He's what seven? He's tall. He's seven foot, seven foot two, some shit like that. Yeah, F- uh, near four hundred pounds. He's fighting uh, John Morrison, and it's the same thing with him with almost. Greener than goose shit. Even though he won the match, he, he, he's in there. He's trying, also trying to get John Morrison over. Okay, <laughs> Nia Jax doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do that, and if she does, she doesn't do it very well. I think she, she can learn a few things from almost here. Um, she's a very selfish wrestler for sure. So rematch, yes, because obviously this was not for a title tonight. Flair yeah. kept the title, but so you'd like to see him go again? Rematch is it going to be for the title or or non title? Well, again? I I said I said initially you would like to see that. When it comes to Nia Jax, I I don't know if I finished it, but I I I would say no, I don't want to see that because I I worry about my fucking champion. I'm not saying Flair can't take care of herself, but. How many times do we have to see Nia Jax almost injured Charlotte Flair? I was going to say, it's it's not about taking care of yourself when someone else is, uh, it plays a part in your safety. I right. mean, if she fucks if she fucks up a move and, you know, ends up breaking Flair's neck, you know, it isn't about taking care of yourself. It's about surviving whatever she's going to throw at you. So I, I say wholeheartedly no, but, uh, you know, let's face facts, Extreme Rules is coming up. They don't have to have a wrestling match. They can have more of a brawl if you want to have them that way. Uh, I, I think, and not only that... Is that something you'd like to see? No, it's not something I want to <laughs> like to see. <laughs> Joe, I don't want to see Nia Jax anywhere. I'm like fucking Sam I Am over here. Even, <laughs> even, if, even if there was the opportunity to see Nia Jax get completely p- pummeled, 
by Charlotte, Charlotte Flair in an Extreme Rules match? You wouldn't see. You wouldn't want to see that. No. 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 I. I. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like to see Nia Jax get get a get a taste of real medicine, but no, because this is a WWE ring, and I know that's never going to happen. Okay. That's fair to say. I, it's more than fair to so, say. No, Sam, I am. I don't want to see her with a chair. I don't want to see her anywhere. <laughs> but but it, it'll probably happen at, ex, at Extreme Rules. So. <laughs> Holy shit. But, uh, yeah, that's... Again, we, we've... You and I have watched wrestling, you know, between you know between both of us, probably over fifty years of wrestling. Oh, watched. easily, yes. And we we've seen a lot of it. And uh, you know, I, I was I was at a, a concert with uh, Mr. Wrestling Six, and you know, we were calling out what song they were going to play next, and we were hitting them almost like to the T. Okay. And we're, he just said, "It's like you know, we just we've we've seen too many shows. We just know how it goes." Yeah. The same thing goes with wrestling. You and I, we've watched so much wrestling over the years. We've seen it all. And stiff wrestling and people... <laughs> people getting stiff in the middle and shooting on each other in a match is not new. It's been happening in pro wrestling way before you and I started watching. It's going to hap- It's gonna go on in wrestling way after you and I are no longer here. When it comes to certain people, they take it too far. When you're in a when you're in a wrestling match, you know you, you brought up Japanese wrestling. You brought up strong style, for example. That's very stiff all the time. But, but what? Why do we love those matches? Because they're really good. That's the one thing that you can't forget. You look at you know a lot of people want to talk about you know in the past one of the more famous ones from WCW, Kevin Sullivan, Chris Benoit. Very <laughs> stiff matches. But they were fun to watch. As a wrestling fan, they were fun. They may not have always been fun for a promoter because you, you worry about your talent. Sure, yeah. But as a fan, you're like, man, these guys are beating the piss out of each other. That's fine. If you got a legit beef with somebody in that ring, that's fine. But the job still remains the same. You have two jobs in pro wrestling. And I can say this as a fan. And I don't, and, and, and I don't think any wrestler will, will disagree with me. Your first job is to protect the other person in that ring. Your second job is to entertain the crowd. Nia Jax does neither. <laughs> when she when she did the the Russian leg sweep and barely wanted to fall for that, now you're not trying. Now you're purposely There's, not trying to sell moves. No, and, and no, and that it, that wasn't even half of it because she didn't even want to fucking sell the first part. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to sell the headlock part of the Russian leg sweep. Right. And then all of a sudden, she's just like, okay, now I'm going to fall. Like, she just drops back, yeah. What the fuck? So that's that whole thing. It's just now, now you're just not even trying to, to be a part of the show, be a part of the match at all. And that, as a fan, I have a problem with. Because now I can clearly see there's a legit issue, and it's starting to take away from the entertainment of the, the wrestling match. Not that Nia Jax entertains me to begin with, but I go from wanting to watch Nia Jax get her ass beat to just wanting to go to commercial break so I don't have to watch this uncomfortable ass match anymore. <laughs> What's your take on uh, Xavier Woods still using the, his, uh, his Scott Hall? Well, I mean, pants? you know, their ring attire is not cheap. 
I, me personally, unless it's like a like a charity thing where he wears it once and then he he auctions it off for charity or something like that, um, or it's like a very special occasion like with uh, Matt Cardona and his his attire from the GCW title reign, like I would I would try to get as much mileage out of that ring attire as, as humanly possible, you know, but. Um, that's just me, so I'm not surprised to see him still wear the Razor Ramon-inspired tights. Somebody need, needs to give Omos a fucking towel, man. That boy's sweating. Well, he comes out in a fucking coat <laughs> and the hoodie. You know, he could, I mean, I'm not trying to tell any man to take off his clothes, but you know, you don't have to wear that, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> you can take that off. He comes out, he always comes out in a fucking, uh, a fucking overcoat and a hoodie, and then he's got a shirt on underneath that, right? Yeah. <laughs> And then even when he wrestles, he still has the hoodie on. So it's like, I get that it's sleeveless, but you know he's got to be a sweaty motherfucker. He's got to be. <laughs> I mean, he's sweating more than fucking Woods and Styles combined. It's fucking A. Jeez. I, we're, I know we're all over the place for this episode, but uh, Ric Flair being back in the NWA, I know what it means to me. What's your take on that? Well, I'd I, I rather hear from, from what you have to say, but I will say this. Given, given the, his recent release from WWE, Ric Flair's kind of been like this floater guy. He's been doing silly gimmicks right before the pandemic or during the early pandemic. You saw the, is he the father of Lacey Evans' baby <laughs> and all that stuff? And may, kind of, they're, they're kind of like, he was almost like getting the Dusty Rose treatment in a, in, in a way. So you, you, you put him on the NWA pay-per-view. He's out there after Trevor Murdoch wins the title. He cuts a he cuts a promo. When you think of Ric Flair, a true you know, lot there's a lot of people from my era that say, Oh, he's WCW. No, no, no. He before WCW there was NWA. I would say this about Ric Flair. I would be okay now him in a in a in a NWA ring on an NWA pay-per-view even though it's probably not going to happen but I would definitely be okay for sure if he said okay I'm not doing any more wrestling appearances for the rest of my life begins there I mean I, his, his real career really began in NWA let it end there and call it call it a career and go away and be with your 20th wife <laughs> and <laughs> That's my one shot. That's my one jab. Oh man! I got number love, obviously, for Ric Flair. Ric Flair is for for it's not the same thing for for me. He's like he's like the the Ozzy of of pro wrestling. Yeah, pretty much. You know, only he's not biting the heads off of bats. He's, he's not going bite- down on women and <laughs> in airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, there's your jab. Um, yeah. So it's it's. It was it was cool to see that I, again. I didn't watch the actual show in its entirety, but thanks for the power of the internet. Well, you couldn't have. It was on an airplane, and there was no cameras. Well, there you go. <laughs> Shouts out to Mister Wrestling, the man who. That <laughs> even made Hootie heck up. There you go. Oh boy. But um, what's your what's your take on that? Um, and on top of that, we'll talk Ric Flair, and then when you're done. What's your take on Trevor Murdoch as NWA World Champion? 
Uh, again, I haven't sat down and watched the show in its entirety because uh, you, you know, everybody who listens to this podcast, again, thank you for listening. Uh, but you especially, you know that I'm a huge NWA guy. And above all other promotions, I want to sit and give that my complete undivided attention when I sit and watch it. Whether I'm watching a fucking episode of Power or whatever, uh, I soak it up like a fucking sponge. Because that's my favorite promotion. Having Ric Flair back in the NWA was kind of bittersweet for me. I, I didn't know how to take it at first. Because one, I thought like, one, this will never happen. And then two, so it does happen. But there's like these little, there's like these little extra things that happen that I was just like, ugh. Like, for instance, who's part of the commentary team for the pay-per-view? Conrad Thompson. Hmm. And, you know, that's his son-in-law. So it's just like, don't get me wrong. I mean, Conrad has done enough for pro wrestling in in the podcast arena. Uh, than a lot of people have and you know love him or hate him um, he has been a big part of that and continues to be a big part of that he's making plans now if if you've listened to other podcasts and paid attention he's making big plans to grow his podcasting network even more so with uh, many more shows and, and from what it's to my understanding that he's already poached talent from from other places and and i'll leave it at that but because uh, i don't want to go off on too much of a tangent but you have him there and it's just like eh like i could have did without that i mean i listen to some of his podcasts but also like i didn't think he was necessary to be there flair shows up he cuts the promo you know he says he he loves vince mcmahon and all that but i think two things here one Ultimately, yes, it was very cathartic and good to see Ric Flair back in an NWA ring. The second thing is, I don't think we will ever see it be enough for Ric Flair. I don't think he's going to stop. And and what I mean by that is, I, I think he'll continue to be a part of the NWA as long as the NWA will have him and they can pay him enough. That's always a double-edged sword because he's up there in age. And I think you and I had taken uh, an opportunity to, to discuss that on a previous episode, maybe for Patreon. But we, we had asked each other, like, do we see him taking bumps? You know, if he goes to AEW or whatever, even as a managerial situation, is it safe for him to take bumps? Would you have him take bumps? And, you know, we got to see him fucking put the figure four on Conan at Triple Mania. And, again, like, I love him to death, and he is a big part of professional wrestling, but when is enough going to be enough? Just because Ric Flair wants to do it, do you let Ric Flair do it? just because he is who he is like that's a big double-edged sword for me and unfortunately i think as many times as people have told him like hey we we want you to be a part of our organization clearly as a ambassador only and then he just can't fucking control himself like you know i think this this might be just another instance of that sooner or later and that worries me it really does. Because I don't want nothing to happen to Ric Flair. I think he's, regardless of all his faults and, and everything he's done wrong, he's done a lot of right. And he's still, 
he's still considered like a national treasure by a lot of people. So I'll leave it at that. It was it was good to see Ric Flair back in an NWA ring. Trevor Murdoch. No, no one saw that coming. I sure as hell didn't see that coming. And I love the fact that Billy Corgan and company have doubled down on the nostalgia factor. I think that's what works best for them. Because at this point, let's be honest, that's what that promotion is. It's all nostalgia. It's studio wrestling. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the occasional live show. I mean, you know, obviously they had the the chase because of the anniversary. So you had, you know, shots in, in Indiana and Detroit and St. Louis, all around the Midwest. But that's not a typical thing for them. They're based out of Georgia and that's it. So am I okay with that? Yeah. Um, and, and as far as Trevor Murdoch's reign, they, me personally, they did that right. There was a buildup. This has been a long time coming. He put his career on the line. It's awesome to see. Where they go from here, I, shit, I, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever know, but I'm I'm excited at the possible. Mr. Wrestling 6 and I had a brief talk about this uh, at our 9 to 5s, and he brought up a good point, and it sucks, again, because it's bittersweet for me. You have Conrad Thompson involved now, and if everything pans out like we, we had heard, we might see a lot more working capital be entered into the NWA because of Conrad Thompson, and if that happens, we could see more talent more higher tier talent go to the nwa i want to know what you think about that and is that a good thing or a bad thing just because there's money and you can get somebody there does it matter where the money comes from and for you personally does it matter that it's conrad thompson (laughs) i don't have any beef with conrad thompson i only have beef with certain individuals that he uh, does shows with and i'll leave it at that here's the thing about money Money is great, but money can also be bad. We know that. We're adults. The cliche answer is is the, the true answer, and it's it just depends on who you spend that money on. Um, you have to have, like, when you have the NWA, even even the stuff that I've watched as I've grown, as I grew up, and I, I got more into NWA by watching past stuff, you realize right away that NWA is a very niche crowd. Very niche. And not everybody fits. You know, you can't... If, 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 if the writing was on the wall and you had an opportunity to go after somebody like a Kenny Omega, for example, it doesn't work. No, I would not. No. Please no. You know, it, you know somebody that could work is somebody that won't... will probably be in the WWE till his career is over and that's somebody in the ring right now and a guy like Randy Orton that could actually work Okay. not just because his dad's Bob Orton who has NWA <laughs> roots but because he fits with that style of methodical wrestling I think that's something that NWA has a lot there's, there's other styles in NWA I get that but you need somebody that you know these flashy guys that you see that you and I, Joe, we love to watch. Not those guys don't generally mesh well in something like the NWA. They can to a small degree. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying have everybody be the same type of wrestler because that's defies the whole Ultimate Variety Show. But you need somebody 
that fits that niche. You asked a question, you know, you could ask a question like, well, how does that equate to bigger and broader, like, things and, and, a, and a bigger, broader uh, audience? Well, it's simple. You, you take somebody like maybe a Randy Orton, for example. I'm sorry I keep using him as an example. But you said like somebody like him, and you, you have eyes on the prize now because, like, oh, he's in NWA. He's, he's wrestling Nick Aldis tonight. Well, I don't know much about this Nick Aldis guy, but he's wrestling a guy that I do know. Let me watch that. And boom, you, you, you suck him in with Randy Orton. You give him Trevor Murdoch. You give him, you know, uh, uh, James Storm. You give him, you know, everybody else that's in NWA currently. And you look at this and, and potentially bring in this big fan base. And you can do that with a variety of, of wrestlers. I'm not saying just one guy is going to be able to do that. So if you have the money, yes. But it's like having a bunch of money and buying a lot of candy because we all love candy and say, well, why does my stomach hurt? When you should have been spending that money on, on, on healthy stuff. You know, you, you, you could buy a lot of healthy stuff or you can buy a lot of crap that just isn't going to work for you. It, so the easy answer is it just really depends on who, who they go after. If, if, if money isn't an issue, I love, I love the, again, I love the, the whole studio shows as far as you know, for power is, is concerned. But the shows that you had that last weekend of August in St. Louis, you need more of those. You need more of these special events. You need more of, um, of things of that nature. And on top of that, one thing that really... Not to keep talking about this thing every every goddamn episode, but it's such a big deal. Another thing that works in their favor is something that worked in the NWA's favor way back in the day. And that's trading talent. Or what we're calling nowadays as the Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door. So if you did stuff like that and used it correctly... Yeah, NWA could definitely be come back to be a, a formidable entity in professional wrestling again, and, and I would love to see that happen because my partner here is a huge fan. Uh, but I also know that there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of respect and admiration for what NWA used to be, and for me, I know what they can be. It's just a matter of getting there. They have so much of the tools. They have. They have your you have your veterans, but you have a lot of young talent on this roster that's getting that that big break that maybe they didn't get elsewhere, and I'm I'm 100 for it. I, I hope I hope they do succeed. I hope they do figure this out. Um, and if you're talking about money and you ask you know Conrad Thompson, do I care? No, I don't care where the money comes from. As long as you spend it correctly, I I, I, I don't care. Uh, whatever whatever they got to do to get a win, I'm I'm 100 for. Okay. Before we head out, uh, you know, Joe and I, we we are uh, we were bouncing around quite a bit, so we usually uh, we usually try to cut it down to a few topics. But there is there was so much that happened in the month of August that uh, we spent so much time watching wrestling, and here we are in September, kind of kind of recapping it all. And so let's. This is going to be a brief topic, but but here it goes. Late August, we saw the return of CM Punk. He's now in AEW. We all know about that. Everybody's talked about that. There's a million podcasts out there that will will talk about that. All that. I will say this real quick, and and I'll leave it at that. For me personally, a quick personal statement. 
I'm a CM Punk fanboy, and I I will admit to that. I think a lot of us, and when you watch wrestling long enough, you have that one wrestler that it kind of like changed your mindset of pro wrestling. For me, personal story, real quick. Back in my teenage years, I was doing a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing, and I was things I'm not too proud of. And so, I changed my uh, I, cha- I changed my turned my stuff around, and I got into the straight edge lifestyle to get away from the things that I was doing. And when you're in high school, kids can be cruel. You know, you, you stop you stop getting invited out as much because you don't do all the fun stuff that everybody wants you to do. Well, I'm a big wrestling fan. I always have been. And a friend uh, friend of mine, or a friend of my brother's, who got me into wrestling, he's like, you got to watch this cat named CM Punk because he's doing stuff uh, on the indie scene that I've never seen before. And he, he, he knew about the straight edge thing. He's like, yeah, you really need to watch this cat named CM Punk. So I popped on YouTube and I saw CM Punk with the invisible microphone. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. And he's running down these these people just brutally, brutally, viciously verbally abusing these people, including this one particular lady. Whether she deserved it or not doesn't really matter. It happened all these years ago. And I was just like, wow. He's the other way around. You know, usually it's 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 the guys that don't drink and, and all that stuff that get made fun of. He's no he's he's pointing the finger around. I'm CM Punk and I'm better than you. And I and then and then on top of that he had matches with guys like Super Dragon, guys like Samoa Joe. And I was like, Wow, this guy's amazing. And I was hooked ever since. And it was a it was a it was an absolute pleasure and privilege to be able to meet him through up the straight edge sign I got to tell him very briefly how important that was for me and he listened to that and so for me when he came out because I didn't think he was going to show there was, really? there was a part of me I didn't think he was oh, going to show man. Okay. knowing the CM, CM Punk that I know he likes to fuck with the crowd <laughs> now again we don't have to go too much into it <laughs> It would have been a very bad decision had he not have shown. Yeah. <laughs> but still, there's a part of me that feels that felt he wasn't going to show. Obviously, he shows. I get giddy. I got giddy when, when Sting came to WWE back in 2014. I got giddy when he showed up in 2020 in AEW. And I love Sting. You know you know that. Like anyone who listens to the show or, or, or watches wrestling, or has watched wrestling with me, knows that I'm a big Sting fan. Nothing compared to what I felt on August 20th when that music hit and CM Punk was back. Um, didn't quite cry like that like that one guy they keep showing did. But I got goosebumps. I had goosebumps. And it doesn't happen in pro wrestling very much. So so thank you, AEW. I know we, we've said some things about them, and, and, and rightfully so. But they that was something that they were able to, to manage to, to make happen. And so I tip my hat to them for that. Um, because that's not something that happens very often for me or for a lot of people. But I want to talk about CM Punk. He comes August 20th, Chicago. A day later, SummerSlam in Vegas. And you bring back Becky Lynch. You bring back Brock Lesnar. I believe there was somebody else I can't think of. But you say what a what a what a time to be a wrestling fan. Some people some people would say. There's rumors right now that are saying that 
Brock Lesnar came back for SummerSlam to kind of compete with the buzz of CM Punk. I asked a question to you, and, and, and I have to, I want you to throw in the fact that we're talking about WWE marks uh, as far as SummerSlam is concerned. Okay. Did any of those WWE returns compare to what AEW did the night before? Uh, no, nothing, nothing. I, to be honest with you, uh, I can't, I can't think, I can't think of the last time I got goosebumps. Like, keep in mind, you know, I put, uh, first of all, I'm saying that, and I want everybody to know that I'm not a very big CM Punk fan. Uh, don't get me wrong, I have nothing against him, mm-hmm. and I think he's a tremendous talent, but He's just not, like, he's not my cup of tea. He don't do it for you. No, he yeah. doesn't. Okay. Um, but I know he's important to pro wrestling. The, like, my goosebumps got goosebumps. Yeah. You know, that it was that kind of effect on me. I'm like, holy shit, this is huge. That pop, that, everybody talks about having a Road Warrior pop. That was, that was one of the rare instances that that pop was greater than the legendary Road Warrior pop. Oh. And and you don't, you just, it it doesn't happen often. And it's not meant to happen often. Mm-hmm. But when it does, it's something not just extra special, it's ultra special. Yeah. And anybody, fanboy or not, Mark or not for, for any one personal organization, if you are telling me the opposite of what I just said, then you are completely delusional at this point, because it, it is at this point it's not even about it's not even about uh, addressing that. It it you're you're denying history. You're denying wrestling history at this point. If if you think that way, and you're delusional. I <laughs> going into uh, that weekend, you know, he had made some social media posts. And I agree with you. He loves to fuck with people. And that post on Friday the 13th where he posted his like last Ring of Honor show and how he used certain verbiage that had uh, something very akin to whatever is on Darby Allen's chest. I forget the actual words. Uh, I think it's um, you're not over until you're underground or something to that effect. I knew right then and there, I was like, holy shit, he's going to show. I just didn't know to what capacity. But I was like, I knew he's going to be there. And clearly, a sold-out United Center in Chicago felt the same way. Because, holy shit. From the moment that, that program went on the air, it was his show. Whether whether anybody wanted it to be that way or not, I also agree with Jim Cornette on this. There was no other place for that to happen, but the beginning of the show. Yeah, because they didn't have a strong card, and it has come out since. Like Tony Khan was like, "Hey, I know we had kind of a shit card, but like certain things happened where we had to change up talent and all that." and so it kind of ended up as that, but I don't know. To me, I think that's a cop out. I think I think he should have just not commented at all and just been like, "Yeah, that was our card." So we got Sam Punk because I think that would have been a better argument. But <laughs> um, 
Yeah, this is huge. This is really, really huge. But now, for me, there is a big, big if, a big gray area for me. Because now my question to everybody, including you, Matt, is what happens next? Because it's great. Yes, CM Punk is back. And he has come out and stated that he is back to professional wrestling. And he's excited because people in the back listen Mm -hmm. to what you have to say and what you want to do. That's great. But how many people have we seen come to AEW and it just not pan out like we thought it was going to? Yeah. That's a fair question. So that's where I'm at with this. Am I excited? Oh my God, yes. How can you not be? But at the same time, I am so nervous that they're just going to fuck this up. And I, and I get, before you before you say anything, mm-hmm. I get, I get it's going to take time. I get shit, especially good shit that you're waiting for, it takes time. You have to have patience. I'm a patient man. I'll wait. But my question still remains. Do we ever get to see that payoff? Does it work out in their favor? Or do we see something completely different happen that no one wants to happen? You and I discussed this in our August edition of the 20 by 20 by 20. You can catch that on our exclusive Patreon Patreon, page. This does not spoil it by any means because Joe is actually the one that answers the question. It's an entirely different topic, but it does involve CM Punk. How impactful can he be? I wish I knew... The, if I wish I had his contract in front of me and I could read it. Okay. Because then I could have a better answer for you. But you said something, and this doesn't, again, this doesn't spoil anything. I do implore you guys to check out that Patreon episode. But you had said something very important in that, in your answer. CM Punk is a guy that calls people out on their bullshit. CM Punk has spent, he mentioned, he mentioned leaving professional wrestling when he left Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. And now he's back in professional wrestling because of all the shit he went through in WWE. For anybody who didn't understand that, didn't appreciate that. Believe me, there were plenty of those people. Holy fuck. Watch his entire career. Go go on Peacock and watch that fucking documentary they made of for him. It was a, it was a it was a home video release. CM Punk best in the world. And, and just listen to the shit. Listen to the idiot Michael Hayes that talk about how I just don't understand what what anybody saw in this kid. <laughs> I never I, Michael Hayes. I don't know what you fucking saw in the Freebirds in the nineteen nineties. <laughs> but <laughs> but you you see the shit that he went through and how much fight that he had. The guy was your fucking champion for over four hundred days and was not good enough in their eyes to main event WrestleMania. Call them out on that. Repeatedly call them out on it until you said, fuck it, I'm out of here. I don't think he comes back after seven long years to deal with that bullshit again. I don't either. And so that's where I'm basing it off of faith. This is purely faith. I'm not going to deny that. But I have faith that we're going to see a better, a, a better situation here than, you know, a, a a, a, a Lance Archer, for example, or um, i trying to think of somebody even better, but somebody that's come, like you said, and hasn't done jack, jack shit. I don't see that happening with CM Punk. 
because CM Punk just won't won't fucking stand for it. Unless he's sold out for the money, I I, I just I, I see it as he's here to legit work with talent that he wants to work with at and, and the time frame that he wants to work with them as or, or or at, I should say, he's gonna be used sporadically as he should be. Because I just don't think he's got it in him to be full time anymore, nor, nor should he be. I, I, I have faith that they're going to do him correctly, and I think if anybody gets led astray with that, I think CM Punk is one of those guys that has no problem going in the back and saying, "Hey, what the fuck, man? This is not what we talked about. Hey, you want me to go out there and you want me to do some silly shit? No." What is this fuck? Are you Vince McMahon? Are you Triple H? <laughs> you know, throw those names out there. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll wake some some people up. But you made that. You made that point in that uh, on that twenty by twenty by twenty episode, and that really stuck with me because you're right. He's he's proven that. Now he has gone on record and said, "Hey, the people in the back, they're they're listening to you." Well, as a fan, I'm gonna hold him to those words. Because if if they're rolling over on him and not giving him what he's supposed to have, I'm not even talking about championships or like that, but legit fucking angles. I then yeah, you're right. I mean, this is going to be a make or break for AEW too, I believe it or not. Because if they can't get CM Punk to remain as hot as he is, and they 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 fizzle him out. Dude, they they have no they, hope. Yeah, they they have no hope. None. I I mean, this is this is one of those situations where you're playing on fucking beginner's mode now. I mean, CM Punk does all the work for you. Just give him <laughs> the platform to do it. It was brought up by uh, by Jim Cornette um, about uh, FTR. You know. And how the Young Bucks, whether they mean to or not, and again, this is a very highly debatable topic here, but whether they, whether the Young Bucks purposely bury people or not, and uh, he brought up FTR, and he says, you know, hey, I don't even have to fucking, like, this isn't a joke anymore, and I don't have to sit here and defend myself. They do it every, every time FTR doesn't show up on an AEW television program. It just proves my point. Like they 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 fucking sign the best tag team out there in pro wrestling today by Jim Cornette standards. And don't get me wrong, they they are they're very good. But they sign them only to do what? What have they done? Yeah, absolutely nothing. 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 Yeah, you know. And and so he makes a valid point. Like they're burying them again. It might be a byproduct of of their shitty booking, but it's still happening. So now you have FTR wanting to leave AEW, and I'm already hearing that NWA is a good possibility now, which I'm ever so excited. But uh, but you have put it away, Joe. <laughs> you have you have situations like that, and so that's that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, you have all this promise and all this potential. Being best in the world isn't going to mean shit if you're not able to show it. So back in my uh, my old nine to five, Mister Wrestling Six said I was uh, I was the CM Punk of the of the of the place because I just 
Oh, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. So, it didn't even matter what location you were at. It, you were you were the best in the world there, there too. So I I I still hear stories about you. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that, that kid. You know, blah blah blah. He did. He said what to who? Yeah, no, he really said it. Okay. <laughs> you don't believe me? I know the man. So, so I, you know, I I'm I'm. Uh, I work for I work for another company now. I'm in IT. My first managerial position, all that stuff, and I'm in I'm in daily meetings mm-hmm. every day, right? And uh, there's a lot of untapped potential that I see that just kind of gets overlooked, and so I finally took it upon myself. <laughs> sometimes I don't know how to word things best, but at the same time, I think sometimes you have to hear it bluntly. And we go around the horn, as we call it, and everybody says, "What you know? What's going on for the day? You know, this and that." And I was frustrated with a certain aspect of the job. Leave it at that. And I said, "You know, this company is just so full of shit." Right to you know everybody up until the vice president, who is now the president of the company. He just took got a promotion. Uh, president stepped down. He he overtook the position, so he's now the president of the company. He's in the meetings too. We're so full of shit. All we all we are is a bunch of potential. We have we have a bunch of good intentions and 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 no follow through. I was like, you know what we are? We're the equivalent of hopes and prayers. <laughs> or I said thoughts and prayers. We're the equivalent of thoughts and prayers. That that's what we are. We have no follow through on anything. We just all we do is sit around and talk about all these things we want to do and then we don't do them. I said, we're better than that. I mean, let's get our shit together. And look, I'm not, maybe I overstepped, don't really care. It needed to be said. And you know what? Because of that change happened. So maybe, maybe CM Punk and maybe a few other people could be that guy. So you know what? AEW is so full of shit because they have all the potential. From, from the moment they started, they were doing everything correctly. And then it, it it got going, and then just this decline just fucking happened. <laughs> but you you sign all this amazing talent. We're gonna be the alternative. We're the alternative to what you were watching before. We're gonna give these guys who were treated like shit, got men and women, who were treated like shit in other places. We're gonna give them a platform to be the best wrestler they can be. And then you lose sight of that. And the problem is of losing sight of that. You lost sight of that in. in Less than two years. Yeah, it didn't take very long. So, whatever, whatever fucking cloud is over them, somebody needs to fucking blow that away and say, "Look, you have a Darby Allen, you have an FTR, you have these amazing workers, both and 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 all for all shapes and forms, all genders, all all backgrounds. Fucking use them." <laughs> Stop with the bullshit of, you know, these... You have four fucking shows and two of them are squash matches only. And shit, three... Two out of the three Rampage... The first the first two out of... So episodes two and three of Rampage. Mm-hmm. Rampage, whatever. Were fucking mainly squash matches. Yeah. So you have three fucking shows of squash matches and Dynamite. What is the fucking point of that? Yeah. Get your head out of your asses and use... All this talent. You want to sign all this talent? 
fine. But you better give them a fucking platform to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying CM Punk's going to fix that, but maybe he could be an advocate for change. Or maybe not. I don't know. But I do have hope. And that's all I can really say about it. I love the signing. I love what August 20th felt like. Because you're right. It doesn't happen very often. And you're right again. It shouldn't. Because that's a magical moment. Yeah. You know, how many times in professional wrestling can you say, I was, I I, I marked out. I did. I I sat here in our 20 by 20 studio studio, and I fucking marked out. I I just, and I wish, I wish I had you, I wish I had Mr. Wrestling 6 with me because I, 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 it would have been cool to share that moment. I, I would marked out so much that my dog thought something was wrong with me. We were... <laughs> well, he, Mr. Wrestling 6 was, was already at work. Mm-hmm. And I had just watched... Uh, somebody had sent me the first two minutes of the show. And that was it. And uh, so I'm I'm leaving my house to go to, to work and see Mr. Wrestling 6. So by the time I see him, I had already witnessed what happened. Mm-hmm. And I walk in our back room, and he happened to be back there. And I just start chanting, best in the world. And he's like, I fucking knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. And, and he got real quiet, and he looked at me and goes, don't fuck with me. Is it true? And I was like, do you really want to know? He goes, yes, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. He showed up. He's like, fuck yeah! Yeah, he just starts going crazy. Just completely just lost his mind. Yeah. He's like, yes, fucking yes, you know? And I was just like, dude, as intense as you are being right now, wait till you watch what happens because it's going to be ten times that. Yeah. You know? And it was. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, absolutely. But it's reasons like that. It's reasons like that that I I am an advocate of uh, doing things in time. You know, you don't have to oversaturate television programs with the same talent week after week after week. It just has to be done in such a way that you have that buildup. You have that momentum that will carry you across... You know, weeks, months, days, years, until that time is right for it for you to achieve that level of success or that road warrior pop or yeah. that what I'm calling the CM Punk pop now. Oh, because Jesus Christ, I've never, I've never heard anything like that. Guinness, Guinness did get involved. Yeah, and they yeah. did say that was the loudest uh, wrestling reaction. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how they recorded that, but they. Guinness, that's that's a Guinness thing, not me. Yeah. So, Guinness, not Guinness, uh, yeah. not the beer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, that's this is what happens. This whole CM Punk debut, this is what happens when pro wrestling is done right. If anybody pays attention to what I say, these are the re- situations like this is why I say what I say. You have to have that build-up for it to be special. You you and I are both big proponents of the Young Bucks. I could give two shits about them. Why? Because they're on TV week after week after week doing the same shit same after thing. the same yeah. shit after the same shit. Mm-hmm. 
they lost that. Yeah. They're, all that success is out the window. Now they're just appealing to their fanboys. And while I understand that from a business standpoint, it does nothing for me. Yeah. I, I don't watch, typically don't watch your program unless I absolutely have to to cover it for, for our podcast or what have you. Because to me, it's, it's not worth watching you guys. So I hope CM Punk changes that. Um, I, I really do. I hope all that young talent sit and listen to what he has to say. Not only that, but also put it into use. Yeah. That's the most important thing out of all this. It's one thing for someone to sit there and uh, tell you something, but if you're not going to use it, that's, you know, that's a completely different situation. Uh, what is the old adage? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Right. You know? So, but yeah, it was, it was, again, it wasn't just extra special. It was ultra special. And on that note, I think we're going to wrap things up this week. We're on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at 20x20crew. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our official Facebook page. Come talk to us on uh, Facebook groups, Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. Please email us about CM Punk, 20x20crew at gmail.com. Or, or whatever topic you would like us to talk about. I'm waiting for the fantasy bookings now. I'm sure everybody's got fucking 15 of them right off the top of their head. Also, please take take part in our Patreon. Patreon.com slash 20x20crew. Uh, trust me, we are building quite the library of uh, evergreen content, content there for you guys to listen to. Um, you know, we, we understand that you're going to be spending your hard earned money when you sign up, even if it's just a buck a month, I still, both Matt and I still want to make it ultra special for you guys to sit and listen and, and, yep. uh, make use of that dollar to the best, uh, that we could do for you, you know? So, absolutely. and then of course our home on the web, as always with all of our previous episodes, merchandise. And uh, and the like over at 20x20crew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 122. That's it, man. I have been Joe. You have been Matt. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, you are always ultra special to us. So thank you very much. And until next time, we will see see you in the ring. ring.